Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hi everybody and welcome to the Wild Ginger Running YouTube channel, live broadcast and podcast. Today we are talking to trail runner, coach and guide Kim Collison who has just come sixth in the Monte Rosa Sky Marathon and other accolades include breaking the Lakeland 24-hour fell running record in 2020, running 78 summits in 23 hours 43 minutes which he actually helped Andy Berry to break last month and he also still holds the men's winter Bob Graham record so welcome Kim how are you doing today yeah I'm really good thank you just fresh back from the Alps uh, yesterday um, so feeling a little bit weary from from that race but uh, pretty good really um, Awesome. Um, well, congratulations on the Monterosa race. We're going to chat about that in just a moment. But first, I just need to mention that this podcast is sponsored by one of your sponsors, Currens, the New Zealand 100% black currant supplement for trail and ultra runners. Um, it's packed full of anti-inflammatory anthocyanins and Currens won a Best um, Recovery Product Award in 2020 and 2021. It's been called the Nike Vaporfly of trail running supplements. And if you don't feel the recovery benefit, you get your money back so what's not to like <laughs> obviously it's not doing you any harm Kim which we'll get to in the nutrition part of this podcast and broadcast but first I want to just circle right back to the start if that's okay because it's really interesting you started your career as an outdoor instructor working with young people outward bound how did you get into that and what did you love about that Oh, how did I get into outward bound I guess it would have started with doing a kind of degree in outdoor education with uh, getting some qualifications in mountain leading and canoeing and kayaking and then coming back from some traveling and working as a sort of dive instructor, the next natural progression was to land in the Lake District and uh, Outward Bound happened to fall at the right right time um, and just met those, those things kind of collided and I started my career at Outward Bound, which, which lasted a decade. 
Wow, cool. And and what did you love about that? Because were you mainly working with young people there? Is that what they do at Woodbound? Yes. Yeah, so um, helping trying to develop young people um, using um, journeying. So we'd take them out for two nights or a night camping and take them for a journey along Allswater on, on the canoes, back throwing some gorge walking and some climbing and uh, all the time trying to encourage them to develop out of their comfort zone in, in some ways and, and uh, develop them in, in that way. Uh, so given that, it, it worked for a lot of kids in a different way from school. So it just yeah. uh, with learning and raising aspirations in, in some senses. Yeah, is. and sort of showing them that it's not just academia as well. Like there are these other jobs that you can do or other fit hobbies that you can have. It's really amazing. I really respect anyone who's in the outdoor industry. And and also that just giving some children that connection with nature. Yeah, yeah. Sad, isn't it? You know, a lot of the children were from inner city areas, um, Birmingham, London, Manchester, and their exposure to the outdoors is, was minimal so just being part of that and sharing how we love the outdoors and the mountains and the lakes and sharing that passion was a huge part so hopefully encourages them to care for it more as well yes yeah because you can't really care for something that you don't know about or don't care about <laughs> yeah and so so you were doing kayaking and kind of and biking and stuff back then was that how you got into the adventure racing world because that's how I know you I've known you for like a decade or so from adventure racing how did you start doing that uh well I guess that started quite young when I started doing some ace races as a late teenager um so that was kind of a five hour or perhaps a two-day, five different stages of orienteering, whether that's kayaking, biking, or running in in a, in a stage format. And and then I was always watching on the like Discovery Channel the like big adventure races that lasted several days. I thought that's what I want to do. So <laughs> I thought that too. And then I did some, and I was like, oh, it's a bit hard. <laughs> no sleep. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Uh, yeah, just the that joy of journeying through wild places and pushing yourself to your limits just appealed to my my nature. So, so after training, you living in Allswater or working in Allswater was perfect. You had the lake for the paddling, you've got all the trails for the mountain biking and, and bells for the running on, and it just was a natural progression into the adventure racing um, and and challenging and going to world championships as part of a four-person team was a fabulous experience. Yeah, so it seems like teamwork and bringing out the best in people is is part of your joy of being in the outdoors. Um, but now you focus mainly on the running. How, how did you, why, did, why have you dropped the biking and the kayaking? Um, what draws you to the running side of things? I, I think the, always the, the, my most joy comes from the flow and that you get from running and that's uh, probably why I kind of was the best at that particular sport out of the three and, and got the most reward from and then I guess there's always a limiting factor of time and cost of adventure racing and so 
running became much more affordable and was my favourite activity. So I kind of progressed and channeled into that more and more and, and let the others, others slip um, over time. Yeah. Still really big grand adventures you can have while ultra running or running yeah and it's it's um not as hard is it to just put on a pair of running shoes and go running whereas adventure racing i remember there was all the like the bike faff the the kayak faff like actually getting a kayak and it's like limited opportunity to paddle and um yeah it was just a lot more things to think about like you'd forget your bike shoes or your helmet or something like that whereas running just put on a pair of trainers but you have to remember a sports bra if you're a woman but apart from that you're pretty much good to go aren't you yeah (laughs) Pretty, pretty much <laughs> maybe a waterproof up here in the Lake District oh yeah <laughs> yeah and some snacks um, and so um, with your running you've broken various records like the Paddy Buckley the Lakeland 24 hour and you still hold the winter bob um, and you've uh, you've been British tra- uh, fell running is it trail running champion that you no. were in 2014 and you've won the Lakeland 50 as well um, is there a particular achievement that you're most proud of or is it just the next one that comes uh i, I guess the, the there's two that stick out for me um first would be running at world championships for great britain in 2015 in annecy um and winning that team bronze medal that was a real proud moment of my sporting um, career and then the other one that would stand out would have been breaking the 24-hour bell record that it stood uh, quite a long time at that point and adding a adding a top and making it 78 yeah uh, just in that 2020 covid year was was a standout um, as well yeah that was fantastic and and i think even more of an achievement is then helping andy berry to break that time so he didn't add an extra summit he just did it in a little bit quicker time didn't he so kind of you kind of joint really aren't you <laughs> I just think that is a really good achievement as well and that's sort of the ethos of fell running isn't it that you help the next person along I think that's just really nice yeah um, and I'm also coach for Andy so it's kind of um, a, a double-edged sword a little bit you know there's always that uh, ego inside you that wants to keep a record but then the other side is that you want to help and support and records aren't there are there for, to be broken and so it's great to be able to coach and and then actually on the day help support and encourage and to achieve that that record so um it, it created a big smile on my face even though i'd lost the record it was still great to see andy experience that moment too yeah well if you're his coach as well you can take some of the credit really for that record again can't you (laughs) you just basically told him do what I did but just go a bit faster so you know do you think you'll be back to try that record again or or do you like to go on to new things no I think I like to go on to new things Hmm. I know what it it, it took me to invest into that record Um, and I think I'm getting to that stage in my career where I'm enjoying exploring new challenges um, and new adventures and, and pushing myself in, in slightly different ways uh, and, and then uh, how to share knowledge and improve the coaching side I think. 
Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's that's really interesting. It's interesting what makes different people tick because some people go back and do things again and again and again, don't they? But yeah, I'm very much with you. I like to do new things and, you know, I don't mind what the time was on that thing. I'm just like, well, it's next one now. That's very much like the adventure racing sort of outdoor instructing sort of vibe, isn't it? To do new things and explore. Yes, uh, yeah. definitely the sense of adventure. It's, it's key for a lot of my, my races. There's only a few that I go back to, and that's usually where I've failed or uh, not had the success that I have to go back and see if I can make things right. Yeah, exactly. Well, Monterosa was a race where everything seemed to go really right for you and Josh, was it? Because it's an interesting race. I was just researching this. I've known about it for a long time, but I've never actually interviewed anybody about it. So finding out about this race this morning has been really interesting. So it's Europe's highest race um, because it, it, the summit of Monterosa is 4,554 metres high. Um, it's also the birthplace of sky running, which is... Um, where uh, this dude called Marino Gia, Giacometti um, made the first ascent in 1989 in three hours 57 and then in during the 90s loads of what's called sky running races were launched so do you know we've got a question from today who's watching live here um, and he says he wants to know a bit more about like what is sky running because he says is there a difference between sky running events and just technical trail races? Is it just the overall height? Um, do you happen to know that, Kim, or or, or shall I just quickly Google it? <laughs> sky running kind of the ethos is is going to perhaps more of the summits and generally a little bit more technical in nature, um, and, and they're not afraid to go off off the trail so to speak uh, so this one was obviously going to the covers across glaciers and snow and involves uh, more challenges than running on lower level uh, trails uh, so yeah it's, it's probably a bit like more like transitioning towards spell running where you're not so restricted to this is a trail, but with sky running, they are marked like trail races, so you oh, do okay. follow a flagged, marked route. Um, but so sort of harder underfoot and in yeah. altitude, but not navigationally. But not navigationally. Ah, oh, interesting. So uh, more of a, a, a like a pitting of physical strength rather than like you know intelligence of map reading sort of thing. It's just like pure beasting <laughs> yeah so, so it involved, does generally involve more technical of type terrain than than say a utmb type um ultra trail race those sort of challenges as yeah well. yeah it says that they're supposed to be over 2000 meters in altitude as well and they've got some climbing difficulty with like grade one to two scrambling um so yeah how how do you train for a, a race at altitude in the uk that is the big question um well training for it in the uk you know, you can replicate the ascent and descent by just doing more of the one hill um obviously that's becomes a bit easier in in places like north wales and the lake district in in scotland because you can get some fairly good long climbs and 
descents, not not the same as the Alps, but you, you add a few of those up and you've got uh, several thousand metres of ascent in a, in a long, long day. Uh, obviously, in Norfolk, it becomes a little bit more challenging to <laughs> get up and down those stairs. <laughs> down those stairs. Um, the, in terms of the altitude aspects, then they say using heat is a good, uh, um, a, a poor man's altitude acclimatization. That you can get quite a lot of adaptions from following a heat adaptation protocol. Try and improve your um, readiness for altitude. Yeah. But the, the number one thing is being as fit as possible, mm-hmm. and and then uh, and then the rest is a smaller helps. Uh, but that's that's kind of why we went out ten days before the race to try and get up high and get over that first week of adaptions where your body starts to adjust and you start to feel not so great and then you start to feel better again so we yeah we're lucky to get that in um beforehand and actually feel okay at at that height clearly it's hard work and the breathing's a little bit uh deeper and more labored but that's like any race um yeah and we definitely notice the difference between day two and race day at being at above 4,000 metres. Yeah, gosh, it's, it's so high, isn't it, that I've I climbed Mount Tubecal, which is kind of like, I don't know, 4,000-ish metres high, and I tried to run to the, like, just the last 100 metres to the summit, and I was just breathing so hard as if I just sprinted, you know, I just was trying to jog, and I was just... Um, it would just felt like I'd sprinted a hundred meters, like at trying to beat your same bolt or something. It was really hard to run. So that's amazing that you felt okay at that height. Um, cause the race isn't that long, is it? It's 35 K, but it's got a 3,490 meters of vertical climb. I've just got a little picture of the gradient profile here that I'm going to put up. Um, so it says on this that it's got a vertical climb of 7,000 meters, but then in the actual race blurb, it says that it's 3,490. So I don't know if they mean up and down by that. They mean up and down. Yeah. Okay. So they mean vertical and ascent and descent there that confused me um and i noticed that you guys were actually the first british team um you and josh wade so all the rest were italians who presumably can maybe train there or train at that kind of similar altitude so that's just fantastic and i only noticed two british teams even finished i don't know if more entered but that's that's amazing you did it in five and a half hours and the winners they took four and a half um, but yeah, it just, it just looked absolutely incredible. Um, you have to run it in pairs though with, so you were with Josh. Um, why do you have to run it in pairs? Well, it's kind of a very niche event and probably only known if you know sky running that well, that this event kind of exists. Um, the reason you have to go up as pairs is because above a certain height, you're then going across glaciers. And so you have to be roped together so that if, if one of you would happen to fall down a glacier, or down a crevasse, sorry, <laughs> you, yep, the, other, the other one's there to stop you falling uh, and going too far. And, and on the day, there's lots of guides and uh, marshals out on support to help with any sort of rescue. 
And you also had to wear harness, helmets, and micro spikes to have the right equipment to be able to travel across that type of terrain. Um, and at certain points, they put in some fixed line ropes where you had to clip on like Via Ferrata style, so that if you were to slip on that steeper slope, you're only going to go to the next little clip. So yeah. just just ACL from a safety perspective, you need to do it as a pair. Yeah. So did you and Josh train a lot in the UK together to sort of see how you worked as a team? Uh, not too often. Occasionally we've been out for some long runs together and we know we're fairly similar in terms of um, ability and ascending and descending skill. Um, my problem is that is is more about the age factor now. That Josh Josh is twenty eight and oh. um, training and recovering like a twenty eight year old, um, full of confidence. Um, and I and I'm now a master, and and they're trying to keep up with with uh, Josh was was my hardest challenge. But in a, in a pairs race, you always know that someone's going to be a slightly better than the other, and one of you's going to have a harder day than than the other. And that, that was definitely uh, me uh, at the race. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, maybe there'll be a Masters team next time. <laughs> maybe. Um, and Tracy, who's just signed in to watch, so I'll ask her a question now. She just said she's missed the beginning, but she's here now. Um, she says, um, what is Kim's choice of race vest and shoes and poles? Did you use poles on the Monterosa race? Yes. Yeah, we had to have um, poles. Um, I usually wear use um, a pair of Lecky um, micro trail poles because I like the clip-in system, and uh, they're fairly light, so they they kind of mean my normal go-to. Um, actually, for this race, I use uh, some hand loops that were just um, I thought that'd be easier for the, the snow conditions. This pair I had. Um, and what was the second part of the question? Shoes and pole, uh, shoes and vest. Uh, shoes, I used uh, the Sportiva Cyclone um, Gore-Tex ones because oh. they have the integrated gaiter. Do they, are they like a booty type thing with a zip up? Yeah. yeah. Like a booty that zips up and the, so they've got that overcover come close around the ankle. So that was really good for the... Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.